What's up, Whisper Nation? The boys are back again. Today is Wednesday, so we are breaking down the Thursday night matchup. This week, we have a juicy one. We got the LA Rams going to Seattle and playing in Seattle. This is going to be a divisional matchup. Both these teams need a win. We're going to discuss all the sits and starts, plus ask about what we got on those waiver wire present, all that and more on today's episode of the Fantasy Whispers. Right here. That's right. Like Johnny said, we will be talking the Thursday night football matchup between the Los Angeles Rams, who will be visiting the Seattle Seahawks. But if you like that fresh fantasy football content and you want more of it, consider subscribing to the YouTube channel and giving this and the other videos a like on your way in. That being said, welcome all the way in, Whisper Nation. My name is Big Travi. You can find me on Twitter at BigTraviTFW. I'm joined by Johnny GameTime Hicks, who you saw in the intro there. You can find him on Twitter at Johnny underscore GameTime. What is going on, Johnny? Oh, baby. We're getting ready for that Thursday night matchup. This is a divisional matchup. I hope both these teams lose. Like, I hope it, it's a tie because <laughs> I, that, that's what the Cardinals need. Uh, but I'm excited to break down these matchups. We've got a lot of juicy, fancy uh, pieces in this game. So uh, the Thursday thirst is going to get big. You might need a big gulp this week. Yeah, big well. gulp, uh, a big matchup. Uh, Austin, do you share the excitement here? Yeah. Uh, as, as Johnny, uh, you can everybody you can find Austin on Twitter at Austin underscore R underscore Seer. Austin, what's yeah. going on? You, you you share this excitement with Johnny for the Thursday night I mean, matchup? It's, just, it's a great game. It's a great divisional matchup. This Thursday night doesn't even need any marketing on top of it. It's the Seattle Seahawks led by Russell Wilson. It's the Los Angeles Rams led by top five on the MVP board, Matt Stafford. The game matters. The game should be exciting. The players are of fantasy impact. Yeah, man, I'm really stoked for this Thursday night. One of the better ones that we've seen, arguably, maybe since week one, Tampa Bay versus Dallas. This one should be good. Absolutely. Well, I just want to let Whisper Nation know that it's time to put the PP back in PPR League with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. The leaders in below the waist grooming just launched the performance package 4.0. So don't neglect your balls like we saw the Packers front office neglecting Aaron Rodgers all offseason. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. And get ready for kickoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code TFWMAN. This will help you tame the Troy Palomalu in your plants. Pants, that's 20% off plus free shipping with the code TFWMAN at manscaped.com. Once again, 20% off plus free shipping with the code TFWMAN at manscaped.com. So Thursday night will kick off week five, guys, uh, which means we're going to be a month into the season. It's time to talk some disappointing players here after four weeks of the schedule. Guys, of these players that are drafted inside the top 12, they were drafted inside the top 12 at their position and currently on the outside looking in, who are the most likely to regain form, catch fire, and hop back into the top 12? And this is a side note for the eight or for the 12 people that were drafted as wide receiver inside the top 12 at ADP, we have eight of them outside looking in. And so uh, I'll list them here for you guys, and then I'll ask Austin first, then Johnny. So Devontae Adams is at wide receiver 17. We have DeAndre Hopkins at wide receiver 18. Stephon Diggs at wide receiver 24. Keenan Allen at wide receiver 26. CeeDee Lamb at wide receiver 31. Calvin Ridley at wide receiver 40, uh, 34. Then Allen Robinson at wide receiver 67 and A.J. Brown at wide receiver 77. Big, big 
like names here on the outside looking in. But Austin, I'll, I'll start with you. Of those eight, maybe pick a couple that you think are, are locks to get back into the top 12 here. It's not going to be a surprising or cute answer. It's just going to be pretty much straight right to it, Travi. I am shocked to see Devontae Adams outside of the top 12 right now. I mean, homeboy right now is earning a 36% target share. And Aaron Rodgers is playing decently following that week one dud against the Saints. Devontae Adams is hands down his number one. Nobody's even close. Like he force feeds him like the dudes on life support. And um, yeah, it's going to be Devontae Adams. But I also like the chances here in a similar reasoning of Stefan Diggs. Yeah, Emmanuel Sanders is all right. Gabriel Davis is cool. But Stefan Diggs stands alone in terms of talent wise. And that's why I actually would pause, though, a little bit for DeAndre Hopkins. Like, I love DeAndre Hopkins. His talent is right there, maybe even above those other two in Diggs and Devontae Adams. But the wide receiver core in Arizona, Travi, is just too good, too balanced, too many other pieces, which is why Arizona is partially at 4-0, the only undefeated team still there. So I love DeAndre Hopkins. I just think there are other really good wide receivers in a way that Green Bay nor Buffalo has. Johnny, would you tend to agree with that? Do you have anybody else outside the top 12 that you think uh, would actually be a, a more of a firm lock to get in there? Yeah, I would I would go and try to trade for uh, DeAndre Hopkins right now. Uh, I think his value is probably the lowest it's going to be all season. I know Austin brought up the whole uh, there are many mouths to feed, but this offense runs, you know, they run so many plays each and every single week, um, a lot more than most teams do. So I do think there is uh, better times ahead, especially this weekend going against the 49ers. Uh, 49ers are going to be saying, what about what what happened to Hopkins? I thought he was out of out of the picture, and then he's just going to go off this week. Uh, so I do think Hopkins. Will, I think the top three are going to get back in there. Like Adams, Hopkins, and Diggs are all three uh, going to get. And I would even throw Keenan Allen in there. I know that's like a big heavy lift on that and saying like half these guys, but like Keenan Allen, all the metrics are there for him. He just hasn't had the touchdowns yet. And those are coming. He's getting the targets in the red zone. Uh, he just needs to get in the end zone. All right, before we start and break down this Thursday night football matchup, I want to say what's up to everybody in Whisper Nation in the chat right now. Brett Johnson, Rob Navarro, Gus Ramos, Corey Dean. What is going on to everybody? Happy yeah. hump day, as Gus Ramos says. Gus Bus, we appreciate you. Uh, we will get to these lineup questions, especially as the ones that pertain to the Thursday night football matchup. But we want to get through the matchup here, talk about the start-sit implications. So make sure you're sticking with us through the entire show, and we will get through to those questions. As we start with this matchup right here, we are watching a 54.5 point over-under. It's the second highest over-under on the week. And we have the Rams only favored by 2.5 on the road here in Seattle we look at the Rams side of the football, Austin, I wanted to ask you if it's time to finally say farewell to, to Robert Woods. I know we've been holding out for better days ahead, but there is some real concern in the Woods nation, I guess you could say right now, with Robert Woods based on the other talent in that wide receiving core. Yeah, and Van Jefferson is the name that really jumps out. Travi, we heard Sean McVay say he wants to get Robert Woods more involved, and that's all well and good, and I think he's probably sincere but the question is then, well, who's going to be not getting as involved now as a consequence of getting Robert Woods more involved? And does Matt Stafford agree with his head coach's direction on this one? And I just don't know exactly why 
Matt Stafford would. I mean, him and Cooper Cup are doing phenomenal work together, and Van Jefferson is coming and stepping in right now. We saw the Rams lose last week to the Arizona Cardinals, but the Rams are still right up there in the top level of teams. Here's the thing about Robert Woods. He's averaging only 88% snap share this season, which is about seven points down from where we saw him last year and the year before. Now, he did have 96% in this week, and he had that touchdown. So you're kind of maybe saying, well, maybe we're actually on that up and up. Maybe Robert Woods is coming around. But the, here's the thing. He was tied in targets with six along with Van Jefferson. And while Van Jefferson is on the field less, the targets that he's receiving are of greater quality. He has a deeper yards per catch at 17.38 than Robert Woods currently does. Van Jefferson is the number 37 half or excuse me, wide receiver. Um, in terms of passing grade, Cooper Cup is number four and Robert Woods is not in the top 50 right now so you could argue that he's actually being outperformed by the other wide receivers on the team in van jefferson and cooper cup he's being equally targeted as van jefferson who's on the field for even less work than robert woods is who's then doing even better with those opportunities so yeah travi i don't really love robert woods outside more of a flex flyer type of play right now i would try to get rid of him if anyone was still holding on to some of that name value if you can't get rid of him, I, I, you know, you feel bad about investing such a draft price and picking him up, but he's still part of a good offense. He's still on the field usually for 90% plus. He will have good games. Sean McVay does want to get him more involved. It's just Cooper Cup's going to stay involved. Van Jefferson is going to continue to get more involved as he develops more into the NFL. And then we've got Daryl Henderson and Tyler Higby that are still over there. And Deshaun Jackson, who's been known to catch a deep tutty every time and again. So... Yeah, I would fade a little bit on Robert Woods. He's not somebody you want to like necessarily see on the waiver wire, but if there's somebody more exciting that you could trade for or even pick up off the waiver wire, I would give it real consideration. Yeah, this is a situation where we have our priors and what we believe in Robert Woods, and then we have what we've seen over the first month and with a new quarterback. And so we're going to have to be putting that to the test each and every week. I thought the breakdown was excellent here, Austin, on what Woods is doing and what the other guys are doing. Just a side note, you did mention Higby there. Higby's emergence could be something else that's uh, that's hindering Woods as well. He is He belongs in the tight end one radar. He belongs in your lineup over most uh, guys in that fringe tight end one situation just based on routes run percentage of snaps played and, and whatnot somebody else that belongs in your lineup immediately this week is daryl henderson uh johnny because he's in a smash spot right now and after coming back from the rib injury and sony michelle's fumble last week we saw sony michelle relegated to the bench and daryl henderson really uh, emerge against the arizona cardinals in a quietly really good game yeah, uh, he you hit it on the on the head right there, Travis. Ninety percent of the snap share, seventy nine percent of the routes ran uh, per drop back rate, which is third among all running backs. Uh, he really, you know, put all doubting uh, to the side as to whether or not he should be this lead running back. Look. When he is healthy, Henderson has never fallen short of a 79% uh, rushing mark, suggesting Henderson's role is crystal clear as the team's primary pass catcher as well. Expect him to provide a steady weekly floor uh, even as a receiver because they're using him uh, even this year, which is kind of uh, where we didn't expect, right? Um, and so I do think, you know, Sony is one of those guys that uh, you want as a handcuff. But unfortunately, if you do have Sony right now, Henderson definitely looks to be the guy moving forward, especially you're talking about coming off of that rib injury. Uh, that is very, very significant. 
And to see him get that kind of workload does indicate uh, that it, it was Henderson. So kudos to Big Travi on that one. He was sniffing that out from the beginning. Uh, I did think that it started to uh, turn uh, to Sony, but uh, no, it looks to be it looks yeah, to be the Henderson show. I, I'm hesitant to take any victory laps because Henderson is like one injury away from just being back where he was before. I mean, that's exactly what they that they have here. And, and McVeigh's made no secret that he thinks Henderson isn't durable. Mm. But when he's in there, they destroy his body every time and they give him the, the bulk of the work. So we'll see how that goes. You're going to keep starting Henderson as, as he's healthy and as he starts for the Rams. Quickly, you're, mm-hmm. you're going to continue to start Stafford. Austin had mentioned top five in the MVPs. Borderline top five is, as a QB six now in fantasy. Even in a game where the Rams got boat raced by the Cardinals last week, Stafford put up over 20 points, and now he has no game under 20 points on the year. Seattle's defense, the eighth worst against opposing quarterbacks in fantasy, and this is the second highest over under the week. No reason here to shy away from Matt Stafford at this moment. So if we move on over to the Seattle side, before we do, I just want to remind everybody, we got about 12 of you uh, watching in the chat right now. Hit that like button. Keep rocking with us. We're going to get to those lineup questions at the end of this. We're about halfway through now. We're going to talk about the Seattle side of the ball. And Austin, some news coming out and some concern with Chris Carson, the neck the uh, you know seeding work to Alex Collins in the back half of the San Francisco game. Where yeah. are we at with our concern level with Chris Carson right now? Travi, I don't know how you could come into this game and not have some concern from the Chris Carson perspective. Look, last week on the breakdown show here, I was calling Chris Carson the only running running back in Seattle as there were literally only four other carries that had been had behind and a pretty deep running back room over there in Seattle. Only four total other carries had by any other halfbacks, not named Chris Carson. But then Alex Collins ends up out snapping Chris Carson in the second half of last week's game, all mysterious like, and finished the day with 13.8 fantasy points behind 4.4 yards per carry and a pretty nice 34 yards of receiving work added on top of that. He also picked up that rushing touchdown. Now, Chris Carson's dealing with a neck injury. We had a hamstring injury. We got a neck injury. We've got some question marks now, and Collins did look pretty good in the small sample size he got previous weeks last week. And pair that work with now this injury, multitudes of them it might be, with Chris Carson, along with Chris Carson's worst performance of the season. And I think Chris, I think Alex Collins might have some actual opportunities moving ahead. Collins, for me, right now gets a flex start if Chris Carson is out on Thursday night. Keep an eye out for that. But I would say temper expectations if you are looking to start Alex Collins, as I don't think it would be a clean one-for-one replacement given all the other options Seattle has at halfback. I think we'd see Travis Homer's role expanded from just pass-catching duties to maybe a little bit more work on the ground. Um, I'm not even surprised if you see DJ Dallas, second-year running back, getting a little bit of work should Chris Carson sit. But Alex Collins would be the pickup, um, and I hope Chris Carson's doing well. I hope we get some clarity on both his hamstring, his neck, and everything else moving forward. I think that's a great that's breakdown. Yeah. I, I think that's a great breakdown talking about the other backs getting involved. Too many times we pick up the guy right behind and we think that we know the handcuff and then we get into a situation where obviously there's a mix of players. And I think that's exactly true for a guy in Collins that he's not like going to shock the world here. We know what Collins is. He's a journeyman that's had flashes of, of brilliance at times, but he's definitely not an all around back. That's going to be Chris Carson bell cow. I believe as Austin said there, I want to talk a little bit about the receivers here before I let Johnny kind of dissect what's going on with Russ. Uh, Uh, because we know what we have in the receivers. We know what we have in the passing game. It's DK and Tyler Lockett. We look at DK. It's kind of 
You know, it started with Tyler Lockett. We've had a, a couple better DK games now. Eight or more targets for DK in three straight. Wide receiver 11 in standard. He's the wide receiver 15 in PPR on 31% of his team's market share through that first month. We look at Tyler Lockett. He had a couple blow-up games, as we talked about, but five or fewer targets in three of his last four games. We have the injury over the last couple games. Um, he had those two 20-point games, but he's hurt his GMs with less than 10 points combined over his last two. Um, still healthy market share hero, 25%, but it's not as much as that 31%. We should temper expectations with Matt Metcalf against this secondary when we start at the top of the tree here. Um, although he is only set to run about 12 snaps against Ramsey in this one, Darius Williams is the other cornerback, and he's not a slouch either. Last year against this same Rams secondary, DK caught only 8 of 12 targets for 87 yards combined. That's in both games. So a little bit of a temper expectation. You're obviously starting Metcalf. You're putting him in there. He is a wide receiver one, but with on he's going to be more on the borderline this week. Then we look at Tyler Lockett. We look at the inconsistencies, but the Rams have allowed over 24 points per game on average, 180-plus yards to the wide receiver per game this season, and Lockett's going to avoid both Darius and Ramsey mostly. He's going to run the majority of his routes against David Long Jr., who's the slot corner and a second-year guy for the Rams, and I think that's actually – we need to be looking at Lockett as this. When he gets a good slot cornerback matchup, we have to attack that because I think then we can try to predict these blow-up spots. And right now he's in one of those matchups against that second-year corner, definitely the most inexperienced corner on the Rams secondary. And I think Tyler Lockett, this could be definitely a Tyler Lockett game over a DK game, although I would be starting both um, you know, depending on who you had. When we look at Russ Wilson, Johnny, I think there's a big concern here because we thought, oh, Russ can cook after week one, but this team has consistently over the first month been a slower-paced team that can't convert on third down that tends to kind of give away opportunities for their fantasy stars here. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we were asking for it all season or off season, I should say. Is this the time? Are they finally going to let Russ cook? You know, they got a new offensive coordinator in there. All signs are pointing towards it. And you know what they did? You know what Seattle did to all of us? They they looked at us and they laughed and they said, ha, you want to let Russ cook? All right, we'll show you. And they do it by giving him a league low 52 plays per game on average. That's horrible. Last year, they were at 63 and uh, like 63 and a half on average plays per game. They're getting the fourth fewest passing attempts per game this year at 27.2. Russell's having to be super efficient uh, with his throws in order to make, you know, his fantasy days. Uh, and so they're really letting, it's almost like, it's almost like Seattle has this, you know, it's like if you guys ever cooked on Thanksgiving and, you know, you're, you're using your burners, right? You got all these pots because you got a million things going at once. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, man, I got to I got to cook this, you know, big batch of, uh, of of gravy here. But I've only got a small little a small little burner. But you know what you do? You still throw on the big pot. You still put the gravy in there and you turn, crank it up to high. And guess what? It takes forever for that thing to finally heat up because it's <laughs> it's just too much. That's what they're doing to Russell. They're putting this giant pot on him and then they're saying, oh, we're going to crank up the heat on him. But there's not there's just not enough volume to go and really turn up what Russell's true potential is. So could that end up happening over the next, the second half? I think that's what we're going to see. So that's what I want to describe to people is like, 
I think it's going to be one of those years where Seattle will Russell Wilson because he flip flops, right? He either stops, starts off hot, ends cold, or he starts off cold, ends hot. I think that's how it's going to be because Seattle is going to get behind in this division and they're going to need to uh, come from behind in these games and win out. And the only way to do that is to unleash Russell Wilson, put him on that big burner, turn that heat all the way up, get that gravy boiling. Let let it let's go. Come on. I do want to say though, this Gordon week Ramsey's got hey, nothing hey, on Johnny here in the description hey, of these burners, man. You're you're killing it, brother. I I, I appreciate that. I just want to say, with all that said, temper expectations this week again uh with Russ against this uh defense. In three matchups last year, he has not thrown for more than two touchdowns in a game. He hasn't thrown for over 250 yards. Remember, he struggled. He was QB 17, QB 15 in the two weeks last year uh, where he played uh, against this Rams defense. And also, on top of that, Rams have only surrendered four passing touchdowns in four games this season. So really difficult matchup for him. Temporary expectations, but I do think better days ahead for Russell. Okay, well, before we get into these lineup questions, I want to ask Russell's question here. So we've got the borderline QB1 area here, Johnny. Are you starting yeah. Kirk Cousins over Russell Wilson? Yeah, uh, yeah, I would. I would this week, even though Kirk came off of a terrible game. They're against Detroit. Detroit, we know, just give up a lot of points to quarterbacks or just Austin, everyone. You, Austin, would you take Justin Herbert or Trey Lance over Russ Wilson this week? I think I would definitely give some consideration to Justin Herbert and the Chargers are playing up against I wouldn't I wouldn't go Trey Lance. I wouldn't go Trey Lance, not with Herbert's the smallest Cleveland. I think I probably would go Justin Herbert. We like the offense and the tra trajectory there. So I think that's kind of the borderline. That's the line we're at right now with Russ Wilson in this particular matchup. And until we can see the offense run a few more plays, I like it. I like it. I like it. If you like it, hit that like button, hit that subscribe and help us grow the channel to even more past 2000 subscribers right now. We're hitting for heading for 3000 boys. We're going to yeah. try and hit that Let's go. this year. All right, now let's talk a little bit about these questions. We've got everybody in the chat. I appreciate every single one of you in here right now. Awesome. Let's we'll start with you. Rob Navarro says, start Henderson over Hunt in PPR, question mark. I would. I like the ceiling of a Daryl Henderson who would have the the lead and the secondary opportunity. Sony Michelle hasn't done great. He could get more involved. My boy Jake Funk is always on the burner. Not really, but it's um it's a situation where it's Henderson's to lose as where it's Chubb's to lose. Now Hunt has done great. He's going to continue to be involved. It's not even Hunt's it's not even Chubb's to lose because Hunt does have his role established, but his ceiling will be limited because there's another halfback in Cleveland who's going to be probably getting 20 plus touches. Henderson cannot say the same thing. I love that. And I love, you know, the, here's the thing with Hunt right now. Hunt is living off of high efficiency right now himself. And I think that that's not something we want to sustain over the year. Whereas Chubb is like a reverse. Like right now, I think that they are going to start throwing for more touchdowns in Cleveland because they're running for so many right now. And it happens to be with Hunt, who honestly, it should be Chubb. So we'll just see how that evens out. At and let's season. also remember that Daryl Henderson is going up against Seattle. Yeah. Who Seattle doesn't have the pass rush defense, says Derrick Henry. They just, they <laughs> let, they would let Big Travi have 27 fantasy points. Uh, I, guess. Oh, wow. I, would, I would, I would be picking Big Travi up if, if he was against Seattle. 
Corey Dean says he's going to be at the game. Corey, yeah, there you go. Great time, man. Enjoy that game. Joey coming in says start Woods over Boyd, Marvin Jones Jr., Cortland Sutton, or LaVisca Chenault? Question mark, Johnny. I actually, I, I, I would play. I do like LaVisca this week. Yeah, why don't we start? Why don't we just rank these guys for him? Yeah, I would probably go. I do think better days are ahead for Woods. And this matchup does tend to be okay. Uh, but I I think I have more confidence in LaVisca Chenault's uh, volume, Cortland Sutton. I would go Cortland Sutton, Chenault, Woods, Marvin Jones in that order. Sounds good. We are working through the rest of these comments here. Justin Young says Fant or Schultz in full point PPR. Austin, you just did sell high on Fant, but would you start Dalton Schultz over Fant in a full point PPR hot waiver ad? You know, Dalton Schultz has cracked in the top five after getting three touchdowns combined over the last two weeks. I think Dalton Schultz is going to be one of those type of tight ends who you can stream. But Fant, to me, has just a bit better of a package that he brings to the table. I think he's the number two option but in Denver there behind Cortland Sutton. I think he's ahead of Tim Patrick right now. I like the work he did with Drew Locke, his rookie season, um, getting over 500 yards. And I think we're going to see more work for Noah Fant. I would go Fant right now um but schultz is fine moving forward but fant just brings a little bit more playmaking ability i like schultz has a mega mega matchup this week like he's going he has like one of the best matchups of the week but i do you like got, what you're saying to, you'd have to monitor too what we're going to see with drew lock or teddy bridgewater teddy uh concussed last week if we see drew lock who actually did have chemistry with fant last year in you know in in spats because obviously both were unhealthy. Um, but I think that's, you know, that's something to monitor here. Schultz definitely is coming on in a big way as the, as like the secondary option, if not the first option in this passing attack for Dallas mm-hmm. in games that they don't need a lot of help in. Um, this could be another one of those games against the giants. So we'll see what happens here. Uh, Justin Young says Gibson or Patterson in full point PPR. Look, I, I love what we're seeing out of Patterson, but it does not seem like it's something that he's he's not continuing to get a ton of snaps. He is getting a lot of looks when he's on the field, uh, but he's got a great matchup as far as the Jets, uh, you know, allowing the second most points per game to the position. Johnny, do you have Patterson over Gibson? Uh, I don't know. I would still start Gibson over Patterson, um, but I do think that, like, it, Patterson is... is it, People are confusing what his his usage is and why it's valuable, right? Like he's not getting a lot of snaps, right? He's getting like 40% of snaps, which is right. But like Travis said, when he is like when he goes out to a wide receiver, right? He is getting targeted on like 50%. So he ran like 17 routes. He got like eight targets on 17 routes or something like that. Um, it, it and so they're utilizing him when they use him. And so it's it you look at the total opportunities that you're getting, and when you're allowed to get 13 opportunities and you're allowed to put them at a wider position, how many wide receivers do you know get 13 opportunities to touch the ball? And the answer is very little. And that's why I do think. That some people, we have a question coming up. Do you sell high on 
on Patterson and to quote Austin. And I'm going to like, I didn't think that you could do this before, but apparently you can't, if you can get, you know, wide receiver one numbers, you know, like a DK Metcalf or like, uh, uh, you know, some of these digs for Patterson, then I would, but I do think he's going to be like a, you know, a flex or, you know, RB wide receiver two for you, uh, this season. What I wanted to say on court, yeah, I wanted to add in there with Patterson. It's like because because we're looking at such a unique situation here where his snap percentage isn't amazing, but his efficiency is through the roof. And the question is, can you can you rely and count on that efficiency? And what it seems like to me is we got in a, a new Atlanta, right? We've got no Julio Jones. We've got a new head coach. There's a lot of familiar pieces, Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, sure, but then a lot of new pieces too. And this offense has been really proficient, and now they're not. And it seems like they're almost trying to figure out what works right now. And Cordero Patterson is what is working for them in terms of getting offensive plays to, to, to hit. And so it's like, it almost feels like when you're playing Madden, you know, and you've got like one player that you really want to see do well, just because you can rely on him. You can hit him. You know how to move him on the sticks, right? That seems like to me what Atlanta is doing with Cordero Patterson. It's like, they might be trying to get better with other people, but right now they know how to use Cordero Patterson at least. And they're going to keep leaning on that to score, get first downs. He's not in all the time, but when he's in, he's in there for a reason. It's an intentional decision. They're going to him on purpose. And until we see some proficiency from anybody other than Cordero Patterson, I just think that continues. The other, the, the, This the is, one, uh, the thing is, the good. reason why here's the thing: the reason why it works so well is because, as we know, he he's he came in uh, to the NFL as a wide receiver, and he's he's massive. He's like six two. And so what they do, if you watch a lot of their plays, what they'll do, and they do this with with uh, Mike Will or Mike Davis as well, but it's a much more bigger advantage when you have a guy like Cordero Cordero Patterson who has a runs a low fours, you know, forty. And you're all of a sudden you're putting a in, you know, so they'll motion him out to the outside as a wide receiver. And what he does is he runs goes. And so now you have not only is it a mid track, because if you're in man, guess who follows out to that corner area? It's a linebacker. And so which is like a linebacker on a running back is typically an advantage for the offense. But now not only is it uh, uh, you're putting a linebacker on a running back, but that running back is actually a wide receiver that's 6'2 and can run a 4-4-40. And so it's like, good luck. And, and that's why you're seeing all these deep bombs and where Cordell is just making amazing plays and burning these guys is because that mismatch works. And Do you think so defense is going to wise up to that as they get more film? How you it, it, the, the problem is, is the way that you, you would have... The way they check plays and the way they stretch it it creates that mismatch pizza where you can't like, yeah, you can go and say, all right, the corner now or the safety can say, all right, I'm going to check out of this, but now you have a hole where the safety is. So it creates a hole because now you're trying to, that's why it's such an ingenious move to move Cordero. Like kind of like you said in Madden, you know, you put your favorite player at your uh, position where you can use them a lot. And then you just, yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh, something that where the bottom's going to fall out eventually, just because usage is is something that ends up being king. But it could be something that hits every all, all year long. I mean, if you're saying that one out of four plays 
you know, you're going to use Corderell Patterson and had, and had him go deep. And, and they've hit on every single one of them now. Eventually, I think that that falls through. But stick with us. Uh, Thursday, we'll be doing the buy low, sell high. And I'm going to have some stuff on Corderell Patterson that I'm sure Johnny will not appreciate. So uh, we'll stick <laughs> I mean, with you. you that, 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 yeah, I, uh, Justin Young says Amari Cooper, Deontay Johnson, A.B., Higgins, or Myers in full point PPR. Austin, he needs two of these players in full point. Deontay PPR. Johnson is in your lineup for show. We did not like starting him last week, coming back from that knee injury, going up against Jair Alexander. And he showed us we made a bad call. So Deontay Johnson is in your lineup number one on that list. I would be full point PPR. Myers gets crazy volume. He doesn't get a lot of yards, but he like, I think Johnny, I saw him sat out number six in the NFL right now in receptions or in targets. So that's nice. I wouldn't, I'm going to pause on that. That's my thought on, on Myers, but Higgins, I like him moving forward, but not coming back after that, uh, after missing last week with an injury, I'd pause on that. I like Antonio Brown. I like his 11 targets. I think he got last week, just one behind Mike Evans. That's good, but he still has a lot of mouths over there. Amari Cooper is a bit banged up and seems like he was out with the hamstring, but then he was in, but hamstrings are no joke. So I'm not with all this weight you got here. I would probably wait and see on Amari Cooper, Deontay Johnson for sure. And then I think I would go on the upside of Antonio Brown and then I'd go Jacoby Myers, T Higgins, and then Amari Cooper is just a wait and see for me. Like if he was healthy, it'd be different, but he's, I don't think he is. I saw this stat and it was like Jacoby Myers hasn't scored since like 2018, which was his like senior year in college, bro. And like, (laughs) and so I just, I literally sent back and I was like the, the gif of like, so you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah, he must be due then. <laughs> yeah, he must be due, dude. Two years. Side note on Cooper, who will probably miss practice a lot this week, but did come back after the hamstring to hit a 19-yard deep bomb touchdown. Yeah, dude, that was wild. Came back from that game. So, yeah, it did look dangerous, but he and he is banged up. But hold on, hope there. Justin Young, Ooh. start Henderson over Kamara in full-point PPR. We like Henderson a lot. Do we like him enough to go over Kamara here, guys? Not getting any targets for the first time in his career last week. So wild. Taysom Hill is a real factor. Taysom Hill is a real factor right now on the goal line. I like the 20-plus touches Alvin Kamara is getting. But Daryl Henderson's doing really good stuff. converging trains, right? We have Henderson converging to elite status and usage and on a high-powered offense. And we have Kamara converging over towards like outside of the top 12 because he's not being used in the passing game. How do we feel like which one gives against Are we Washington taking- Kamara yeah. against Washington? Um, I like, can Henderson you not, against I, Seattle? I, how do you know? I, yeah. No, I know. No, I know. That's what I'm okay, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Washington's Washington gives up all the passing yards to um, running backs they're like they're pretty like against the run they're a little bit more stout against the pass that's where they're that's where they are affected I, just Travis, don't, think we have, I don't think we have the cojones to say it but we all want Henderson. I would no I, I would start I think him. I would head I would start Henry. my my thing is why can't you get both of these guys in your lineup like who that, do you have that you're like I'm not going to start both of these guys because I would let us know Joey says Gibson or Edmonds this week Johnny Gibson. All right. We're going. We're I do want to give a little bit of extra credit with Edmonds. He's a better runner than I gave him credit at the start of the year. He's a stud. He's, he's shifty. He's shifty. Gus Ramos says, should I play Jacoby over Jacoby. Tyler Lockett this week? I would Both go with Tyler PPR. Lockett. I would go Maybe. with Tyler Lockett. I, I, Lockett. Like we talk about the touchdown, the lack of touchdowns Jacoby's gotten for like 
this last part of the better decade and uh, Lockett is really good at sniffing touchdowns out. Yeah. David Harris says standard league debating one running back spot between Najee Harris, Gibson, Fournette thinking Najee for workload, but Fournette has a great matchup against Miami. Yeah, this is a, I would, I would go Najee. I think you're going Najee Harris here. Just yeah. volume alone makes him the, the play. Najee yeah. Harris for me gets the start and it's not a lot of consideration. Najee Harris leads the NFL in uh, halfback targets, halfback receptions, and only uh, Benny Snell has gotten literally three other carries the entire season. Leonard Fournette is the one, but Ronald Jones got the touchdown last week. I don't know. Najee Harris, Najee Harris, pro football focus, number two uh, running back in expected points so far, only, only behind Derrick Henry and just in front of uh, my boy DeAndre Swift. Those are the top three. Eric Saldana providing context to the Corderell Patterson that he has both Mike Davis and Corderell Patterson, and he doesn't show trust both in the long run. I mean, I think yeah. excitement-wise, I would probably try to get out of Davis before Patterson, but I think you could probably get yeah. more value out of Patterson right now. Yeah. All right, Thomas Medina says, got Randall Cobb on waiver. Should I start him over Aguilar or Ayuk? What about Curtis Samuel? Advise, por favor, cheers from, and I can't tell what. Pan- it's got to be Panama, Panama, right? Oh, that's right. I think that's um, from Panama. Uh, I actually think I would start Randall Cobb over all those guys mentioned here um, just because we have MVS on the IR. We have, so that slid Alan Lazard out to outside. It slid Randall Cobb into the slot, which means we targeted Randall Cobb a lot more in the red zone. We used him a lot more, which is what both LaFleur and Rodgers have been calling for since they brought the old friend back into Green Bay. Ayuk, I want to trust, but I can't. The usage just is not there. And Curtis Samuel could get an uptick. We've got injuries to Diami Brown and Logan Thomas, but I would want to see it before I trust it. Uh, and I think, yeah, for me, I think it's Randall Cobb of those guys. Aaron Rodgers loves Randall Cobb. Aaron Rodgers is on an emotional journey right now, just as much as he is on one to try to win a Super Bowl. He's going to force Randall Cobb just a little bit. And Randall Cobb seems up to the challenge. Really impressed with what he was able to do last week. I think that's going to continue at some degree moving forward. And some sort of uncertainty here with Ayuk um, is the quarterback position with Trey Lance. We don't know if Trey Lance is going to come in and even want to get to Ayuk or have the ability to get to Ayuk the way we want. So it I could be better long term. Yeah. We don't know yet. Yeah. Though, yeah. We just don't know. Half point PPR, Marvin Jones versus Tennessee or Julio Jones versus Jacksonville, Johnny. I would go. Yeah, the, like, see Marvin, Julio plays. yeah, you have to see if Julio plays. If Julio plays, then I'm going Julio. I'm playing Julio over Marvin Jones. But if obviously if Julio doesn't play, I would you, you go with Marvin. I just couldn't get cute on this one like that. Julio. Gus Ramos breaking Johnny's heart here said he traded Swift for Hunt and Damian Harris. Oh, I couldn't my pass goodness. up two for one. Plus, I have Henry and Javante Williams. I, w- I, I wish you would have got a, a big yeah. wide receiver for this. If you had the running back depth, I wish you would have not done the two for one and, and more I, running back depth here. You could have tried to get a couple wide receivers maybe. I do think better days are ahead for Damian, but I think you bought high on Hunt right now. So, yeah, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have done this trade. Austin, Rob saying flex Hunter Renfro or Brandon Cooks full point PPR. And thank you, guys. You're welcome, Rob. Austin? Mm-hmm. I would, I think I would go Brandon Cooks because he is the one and the one alone. Nico Collins is on the IR and Johnny has said it about Brandon Cooks. He's kind of, he's kind of quarterback proof in Mm -hmm. kind of a strange way. Now I don't like 
Um, the the situation now with Rod Taylor out, it's not going to be great. Um, but Hunter Renfro, I like his role. I like his situation. Um, I, I just don't. I, Darren Waller, Henry Ruggs, Ryan Edwards. Those guys are all more talented than Hunter Renfro is. And that means Hunter Renfro's floor could be zero. Brandon Cooks's floor is going to come from just how bad the Houston offense is. But if they get anything going, they're going to be trying to get Brandon Cooks involved where they could just game plan hunt they could win and have and hunter renfro could do nothing yeah i mean there's two things here one brandon cooks in a game where davis mills threw four interceptions uh on sunday was still able to get five catches for 47 yards so he has some sort of floor to to austin's point the other thing is they're playing new england who has yeah. made a killing in destroying uh rookie quarterbacks and taking away your best weapon and houston only really has one weapon in brandon cooks right yeah, now so game. i would i would be fading cook there's not gonna be many weeks you can fade cooks i think this would maybe be the week i do it for hunter renfro only because of you know like we said the he's he's going to be able to soak up targets i mean it was just really strange on that monday night game they needed a third down and it was hunter renfro who the chargers double teamed so it's like they know <laughs> what the, the raiders want to do with renfro and i just go think ahead. that's that's what i would go with here just i, I it, it's it's a tough one though i think coming after your boy Play uh, Chicago too. So that, I just want to say what's up to Max Coble. Oh yeah, Twitch. DeAndre Hopkins for Mike Williams and Deontay Johnson. Full point PPR, Johnny. Ooh, I, I wouldn't do this deal. Oh, yeah, I wait. I, I would yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Johnson. If you I would keep, him. you would keep. Yeah, absolutely. In full point PPR. Absolutely. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, Deontay. Deontay just gets like twenty. I can't believe I got to talk you into Deontay Johnson right now. That's well. For a second, I'm trying to think of who he had. That was why I'm like, what side would I rather be on? Yeah, if you can get out of DeAndre, I think, and I, I don't mean this as like I, I'm down on DeAndre or anything, mm -hmm. but we're talking about the format here, and I just think DeAndre is going to be live in this offense that doesn't require a lot of targets for him here, so the mm -hmm. format gets a little bit tough here. Austin hops in my cup, great name there. Debo oh, is yeah, keep or trade. I was offered Lamb straight up for him, help in PPR. Ooh, this yeah, is a really it. good one. Now I'm going to give the same line that I've given the entire time on this. If you can trade Debo at where he's currently statted, and that is a wide receiver one, a top end wide receiver one. Dare I even say like close to elite wide receiver one? If you can get that value for him in a position of need, do it. Do it right now. Because at worst case scenario, it's a lateral move. Best case scenario, you hoodwink somebody a little bit because you sold him at a higher price and then he dropped down. So I would try to make a lateral move right now if you can get that Debo value to be where he's currently statted and that's top half wide receiver one. Um, this question right here, though, I was offered Lamb straight up for him. You know, I think I, I think I would. I think this could be like a smart one. Now we're looking in the tea leaves. We got to look ahead. We got to say this hasn't happened yet, but here's why it could. I think CeeDee Lamb is the most talented wide receiver on the Dallas Cowboys, and I don't think it's very close. I know Travis loves that expression, but it's just true for me right here at CeeDee Lamb. Amari Cooper is the veteran. Amari Cooper has got the experience, but Amari Cooper is in a somewhat familiar position. He's a little bit banged up. CeeDee Lamb was on his way to catch Amari Cooper already factor in this tissue issue and i like cd lamb's chances i like dallas cowboys ability to get first down score 
touchdowns and all of that. It's just a little bit more balanced of a Dallas team. So we haven't seen it go crazy, but I think as see, I think CD lamb is going to become more of a main vein. And I think Debo is going to become less of a main vein as Brandon. Ayuk gets more uh, worked into the offense and George Kittle. If he does have some recovery from that calf issue he's dealing with, um, he's going to be eating into Debo Samuel as well. And there's other options on that team as well. Not just the priors that we have with CeeDee Lamb, but the uncertainty that we have with Trey Lance in Debo Samuel. Now, I know he, yes, he got yes, Debo. I know he got Debo Samuel this last week on a blown coverage, but we have to assume that maybe Kittle and Ayuk get more involved in the offense. Plus, this is an offense that doesn't pass a lot. So I think that's some of the things working against Debo here. 17 of you rocking with us. We're about to close out this show, but we appreciate every one of you. If you're new to the channel, hit the subscribe button. We're going to rock through the rest of these questions, and we will be back with daily content tomorrow. All right. Carter Payne, Austin, says, who do you think I could get uh, for Robert Woods? I need to trade him, but I'm not sure who I could get in PPR. So here's the line that Johnny gives with this, and I think this is spot on. Now, we could go through a thought exercise and say, here, who would be a comparable trade value for Robert Woods? But that really doesn't do you any benefit because you're trying to get a deal done. Right. And so you could go to the guy who has the name that we say is of equivalent value to Robert Woods. And he's like, I don't want Robert Woods. I don't want to trade. I don't want to make this happen. So it doesn't do you any good. What you should do instead is go out and identify on your own squad, Carter, what position of need you have. Maybe it's a quarterback, wide receiver, and you know, some different wide receiver help, tight end, running back, and then go off and look at other members in your league and find who would benefit from having Robert Woods who also then has one of those positions you're looking to pick up. Then put on, a, give yourself a nice tone of voice, come to him with respect and be like, hey, I was taking a look at both our squads. I think we could help each other out. What are your interests on Robert Woods? I've got a, a feeling here for, and then there's the guy you're looking at. So I would attack it from that angle. As far as a ranking, I'm, I'm putting Robert Woods as like a wide receiver three flex option for me right now but his name still holds a little bit of value i think good days are ahead for him you might want to sit on him until he pops and then move him but if you can get something going for him right now somebody who's maybe had robert woods in the last two or three years on their team and they know what he could do then you could probably get a deal done and i'd say go for that yeah you got seattle this week uh and then at the giants at detroit or uh then detroit at houston then Tennessee, so and then at San Fran. So some really good matchups coming up for um, Robert Woods. Tough time to trade him. Not not the best time to trade him. Yeah. Start Debo Samuel over Cup or Ridley Johnny or play Debo over Kareem Hunt at the flex in PPR. Or play Debo over Kareem Hunt. Uh, I would, in PPR, I would probably play Debo over Kareem Hunt. I would keep Cup and Ridley in your lineup. I like Not the too. best matchup for Ridley this week, but you're going to roll him out. Alone, I think he yeah. just to, he's going to be a guy that's waiting to break out one of these weeks here. Yeah. Uh, Max comes in. DeAndre Hopkins for Mike Williams and Deontay Johnson. We answered this one. Um, full point PPR. Was this the same guy or different? Oh, he's on he's on Twitch and YouTube. Diversify. Hey, nice. I like yeah, it. I like it. We like that deal on the Mike Williams and Deontay Johnson side for full point PPR. At least I do. Uh, yeah. Do it 420. Just a quick, quick, uh, quick mention. Uh, Dallas Cowboys have one of the best playoff schedules. So just throwing that in there mm-hmm. for the CD Lamb situation. Yep. Uh, Hops in my cup. Thanks, fellas, for all the awesome content. We appreciate, appreciate you. you. Max saying, awesome. Thanks, guys. I'm trying to trade my way back up after trading Jonathan Taylor and Deontay Johnson for Nick Chubb and AB. And my main priority was getting Deontay back. I love him. Glad I can mm, yeah. get this value. Yeah. Nice. nice. Wesley Love says, who do you guys like the most, Jamar Chase, Brandon Cooks, or Deontay Johnson, Austin? 
Like Jamar Chase. I wish I had him on my League of Record team so I could get his jersey after I win the championship. I just think he's got such a cool story, and I like what he's about. I like how he hasn't played in a couple years, and he's just kicking ass. But from a fantasy perspective, it's Deontay Johnson. We thought he was going to have a down week last week. He did not. He's a PPR monster. He's Big Ben's favorite target. I I rank him Deontay Johnson, Jamar Chase. And I just had a trade for Brandon Cooks right before the show started. I like Brandon Cooks, but not before those two. Johnny, we got a really, this is a kind of a tough question. Dak Prescott or Matthew Stafford. Uh, Prescott's had some down games based on when, yeah. what Dallas has needed out of him. And Stafford's been very consistent with great upside. This is that Thursday night thirst. Are you rolling with Stafford over Prescott here? Oh, they, yeah, this one, I probably, I would probably go with Prescott still. Prescott, Prescott. Dak Prescott there. All right. Gus Ramos, last question here before we sign off. Austin, my wide receivers are Lockett, Jacoby, and A.J. Green, and Judy. Plus, I also have A.J. D- oh, I thought this was a question, but I think he's just telling nice. us who he got here. Mm. <laughs> uh, nice. Once again, Lockett, Jacoby, and A.J. Green, and I have Jerry, Judy, plus I have A.J. Dillon and Naheem Hines. Was this a follow-up to maybe what he was asking? Oh. Um, oh, he traded away because he traded away Swift. Oh, that's right. Gotcha, gotcha. I don't know if that convinces okay. Johnny that you should have done it, but we'll. Uh, two starting running backs are nice. Yeah, I get it. At least I get those it for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it for us in the Thursday night football matchup. Make sure you're over on all on Patreon and all podcast platforms to get the full matchup breakdowns of all the matchups that we do uh, for the Sunday slate of games. For Johnny Game Time Hicks, for Austin Sear, I'm Big Travi. We're the Fancy Whispers. We're out. Peace. Peace. Goodbye. Right here. Look at you go. You made it to the end of another one of our videos. Hey, if you still have some questions, I totally understand. Or you just want to join an awesome fantasy football community, head on over to our Discord chat. Link is in the description below. And if you're still not sold on us, check out one of these videos. Don't you hear the whispers?